0: There's a lot that we know, and there's so much more that we don't know. And when we think about it from like a soil perspective, we're really just at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to like really understanding what's going on at the biological level.
1: You've been listening to Jordan Mara of Mind & Soil, a company based in British Columbia focused on soil and mental health. This is the Get In My Garden podcast, episode 83. I'm Aaron Moskowitz. Today, Jordan will discuss his company mission, how gardening can be one of the best activities for our mental health, some of the research into specific soil microbes that help our brains, and so much more. Jordan shares about following his bliss to start Mind & Soil, and details on how to get involved with his free online workshops And at the end, we'll dive into the four components of attention restoration theory, which I found very interesting. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen from and leave a positive review if you'd like to support the show. The best place to do this is still on iTunes. Send me an email, Aaron at getinmygarden.com to reach me directly with ideas for shows, feedback and questions. The website is also getting updated and will soon include my full blog to accompany the episodes.
0: I created the business in 2020 last year with the entire intention on connecting essentially a million new or existing gardeners to the mental health benefits that come from gardening. And so we're really approaching it in a different way in that like we're not focused or leading on helping you grow so much produce or the impacts from a sustainability perspective of growing in your backyard. Both of those are absolutely amazing, but I also think a lot of people are doing that in an incredible and in an amazing way. And so we're focused on bringing gardening to individuals so that they can experience the mental health benefits that come from gardening. How it can reduce stress, reduce anxiety, help individuals move through depression, grief, PTSD, et cetera. But that's kind of like the high level in terms of what mind and soil is all about.
1: Yeah, I I think there's been a lot of focus on that recently. And then anyone who is a gardener and is committed to it as a hobby, I think they realize that it just makes them happier.
0: Totally. Yeah. You know, there's so many different angles that kind of come into play, right? Like you, just the fact that you're stepping away from where you're working and where you're directing so much attention and into like a natural environment, that has a huge role in beginning to you know, feel a little bit different, feel a little bit better, feel a little bit less stressed, all the way through, yeah, literally the microbes in the soil being proven out as we speak as an antidepressant um, and increasing serotonin levels. So it's kind of like it's coming at you from a number of different angles. And if you were to ask kind of individuals who have been gardening for multiple years and kind of fall into like the experienced gardener category, they probably wouldn't be able to say, you know, I garden because of the exposure to these microbes or because of uh, the attention restoration that occurs. But they know like definitively, like I garden because it makes me feel really, really good. So it's been a lot of fun over the last, you know, couple of years you're beginning to dive into a little bit of like what's actually going on and what is it that's causing individuals to feel so good after they have spent some time gardening the the, the reason why i'm approaching it from this angle and and leading with the mental health side is because like that's how my gardening journey began and where it all started for me was on the, the mental health side opposed to any other angle
1: uh, you were you were dealing with some very strong anxiety issues that were basically ruining your life.
0: Yes. And like ruining my life is probably the best way that I've actually kind of put it myself or heard it put by anybody else. And so that was, yeah, it was back in 2013. And at that point in time, I was going through like my first real heartbreak and breakup. And I had not felt or experienced any of those things that I felt during that period and just like the intensity of it. And so going through that breakup left me in a place where like, I would not sleep. Like I I would literally be up all through the evening, just thinking and worrying and stressing about like, how do we rekindle things? How do I get her back? Mm -hmm. But you know, it being so far outside of my control. And then, you know, I'd go to work the next day and I'd just be like blankly staring at my computer screen because my head would be in a different world, still like trying to like, you know think through all of that, not to mention that I'm then running off of zero sleep. When you say ruining my life, it's not far from you know, it's like exactly yeah. what felt like was happening. I went out to my parents' place for a weekend and they've always been big, big, big gardeners. But it wasn't something that we necessarily did as kids growing up, myself and my two brothers. I started making a coffee and my mom, she came over, she asked, you know, Jordan, how'd you sleep last night? And I'm like, no, I didn't sleep at all. Didn't sleep a wink. And she just paused for a moment and she's like, you know, why don't we head out to the garden for a little bit today? And I was, you know, kind of like, sure, (laughs) whatever at this point, you know, like, I don't know. And so we went out there and she's like, okay, let's just bite off on a little project for today. Let's just build a little flower bed. And all that we're going to need to do for that is we're going to bring a bunch of that soil from the big pile over there in the back of the yard over here and before we do that we're going to bring over a bunch of river rocks to build a little bit of a retaining wall for it. So we got to work I knew kind of what I had to do and it was very clear very simple and so I started moving the river rock over and then I started like kind of loading up the soil into the wheelbarrow and bringing the soil over to the you know little box that we had now created and I just so vividly remember feeling in that moment as I was kind of walking along the path back to where this new flower bed was being built those like absolute clamps that were on my chest and on my neck finally just loosen ever so slightly where it wasn't like you're out of the woods but I feel like I can take a breath for the first time I made a mental note of it at that point in time Wow, I don't know what just happened here, but that felt really, really good. Gardening has now been this avenue and channel or medium that has allowed me to, you know, very distinctly and clearly feel those clamps lightening on me and for me to feel a little bit lighter.
1: That's awesome. Do you remember at that moment? breathing it in and taking it in your lungs or was it more just the physicality of it because i definitely i mean i'm a hiker and a backpacker and that in some way too is just one of the most basic physical activities that you could do to take yourself out of the mental space that can be kind of you know vicious rumination at sometimes.
0: totally yeah a hundred a hundred percent yeah like i mean i don't do tons of breath work stuff but even just in that moment being able to feel yourself take a bit of a deeper and slower breath, like a sense of things are going to be okay for the first time.
1: That's so awesome. I can totally relate. And I know that sense of it connects us to our roots as, you know, farming people. I mean, it's hard. I don't think my recent ancestors were farmers, but at some point all of us had farmers in our background and it just, Mm -hmm. it's just like so grounding and, the other thing is the w- current world we live in is just so much focused on productivity. So with mm-hmm. the garden, anyone can start super small, and this you know seed the beginning of life. You can watch it unfold in front of your eyes, and it gives you this amazing sense of participation and fulfillment.
0: A hundred percent, right? Like we think about, we're a fairly unhealthy world at the moment from a mental health perspective and you know there was a study that was done by the Royal Horticultural Society over in the UK and they they tested the cortisol levels on everybody that was going into the study and only 24% of the people had healthy cortisol levels so like 70 what is it 76% of the population was in an unhealthy state of stress when they were entering into the study and I'm a big believer that so much of that, you know, for myself, I'm a fairly anxious, you know, being an individual is worrying about things tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, and just like running through all of these cycles of how things could unfold. And all of that is just taking you out from that present moment right now. And so for me, gardening has been this really, really grounding exercise where, you know, you shut off your notifications, you, you know, kind of put your phone away. You're not in front of your computer and life just becomes like really, really zoomed in, right. Where like you're mm-hmm. actually looking at your hands and you're seeing the dirt on them and you're working with, you know, five little kale seeds, um, or you could have 2000 kale seeds in your you know one hand and have to be like very particular about pulling one or two or three of those seeds and putting them into a little seed cell or direct sowing them and, Being that immersed in something, it it kind of forces you to be really, really present. And by virtue of that, then letting go of all the other areas that you could be kind of running in circles on about what could happen and occur in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. That makes sense. And are you allowed to sell your products in the United States or are you focused only on Canada
0: yeah. So so yeah. Like to you know, kind of come back to what we're doing from a a business perspective. That purpose for us is to connect individuals to the mental health benefits of gardening. And so, you know, your experienced gardeners they know what they're doing in the garden. They feel comfortable, but. Anybody that is on the earlier stage, kind of like either it's their very first time, you know, kind of picking up a shovel to they've been gardening for like one or two years, but they aren't feeling super comfortable, super confident. Anytime that you're looking to learn a new skill or a new hobby or a new even like work it is generally at the beginning, a little bit stressful, a little bit overwhelming, because there's this learning curve of, okay, what exactly am I doing here? This is all foreign, I don't know what's going on. And that learning curve is what then, you know, kind of makes people feel, you know, overwhelmed or stressed with an activity. Mm -hmm. And so my current hypothesis on things is that for individuals to experience the mental health benefits of gardening, they need to get past that initial learning curve. And so therefore, a huge role and responsibility of mind and soil is to flatten and shorten that learning curve as much as possible. So that means basically hand-holding those first-time or those new gardeners And ensuring that they have all of the kind of like education or knowledge that they would need for that part of the gardening season, as well as the products that would set them up for success. So we do tons and tons of happy hours, which are, you know, hosted over Zoom. And like, th- I had one last week that had 930 people RSVP'd and 622 of them showed up. That is I've amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's in a uh, partnership with a company up here, West Coast Seeds. So they, you know, when we then think about like, okay, the, that, that happy hour that we hosted, was all around the simplest and easiest way to start seeds. So those 622 individuals who, and the first question I asked at the beginning of the happy hour is like, how is everybody feeling? And there's a ton of people that are so excited and a ton of people are like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. I don't know where to get started. I don't want to mess it up. And So then over the course of that happy hour, we're walking through these materials that you need, and this is the method that you're going to follow. And at the end of it, everybody then has a, basically like a one pager that I sent through to them of all the materials that they need to buy to start seed successfully. And a method to go through step by step in order to have seeds successfully germinating. My belief is that it it wouldn't make sense to just be selling people products when they then get them and they don't know how to actually use them. And so that's where I'm indexing very, very strongly on like educate, 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 help people feel comfortable, help people feel confident in the garden so that when they get in there, rather than worrying about, oh, am I doing this right? They're able to just almost bypass that or get through it much more quickly and be like, whoa, this is relaxing. This feels mm-hmm. good. That's the, the role that I see mine and soil playing at this particular point in time. And who knows what that will look like in you know a few years from now. Will there be an element of our business model that is you know fully focused on connecting individuals to those mental health benefits? potentially, but for the time being, I think that education and helping and flattening and shortening that learning curve is so, 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 so
1: useful. I love it. That's awesome. I think you're doing it very smartly online. It's great.
0: Yeah. Like we have, we have another one this coming weekend that got, uh, it got picked up by Eventbrite as one of their must attend events. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, I, if I were to look at my email right now, there's probably like new notifications that are coming through for that because, like, just over the last few days, we've probably had another 50 or 60 people RSVP for that. And so it's over 200 people that will be attending that one now. And I am going to be so interested because I, uh, you know, when you have that many people on a happy hour, you can't have people like hopping off of mute because it would just turn into like everybody's jumping in all over the place. But mm-hmm. so I, I, I direct everything through the chat function. So when we're kicking things off, Uh, I, I tell people like move somewhere else to where you work over the course of the week. So let's switch out of the working mind, because if you're now going into doing some gardening, but you're doing it at your desk, your brain is still kind of thinking, this is work. So like go sit on the couch, go sit somewhere else, grab yourself a drink, a snack, cocktail, mocktail, whatever you're feeling. And again, switch out of working into like play. And then the third piece is all questions. We're going to answer those through the chat function. So uh, the first question that I ask everybody just to kind of test that out is where are you dialing in from and say like this past one that I did with West coast seeds, you know, that's all kind of Pacific Northwest. And, um, it was targeted in on just British Columbia, but this mm-hmm. event, right? One, like they're a global platform. So I'm really curious. I'm, I'm I'm so interested to see where people are going to be dialing in from for it and yeah, it's just going to be, it's going to be cool to see.
1: No kidding. And how do you interface that with Facebook? Because you did say that you were working a lot with different Facebook groups.
0: Yeah. So, you know, this has just been an area that, again, I want to get, I want to help as many people get their hands dirty and be feeling comfortable and confident. And so, you know, a a question I'm kind of thinking through is like, where, where are these individuals who are, you know, either experienced gardeners or, you know, very early on in their gardening journey? And what I found quite early on, um, you know, kind of like last gardening season was that a lot of people join gardening Facebook groups, you know, uh, Albuquerque, New New Mexico gardening or Vancouver gardening group, Toronto gardening group. Mm -hmm. And I realized that in there, people are asking tons and tons and tons of questions. And that's where, again, like I'm a huge believer in like that unconditional value and free learning side. And so I asked a couple of the admins, I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about putting on a, uh, like a happy hour on hot composting so that individuals know what to do with all the garden waste they have at the end of the season. And they were like, yep, this sounds absolutely great. Put it into the group. Um, so we did that and there ended up being like 40 or 50 people that, you know, RSVP'd and attended that very first one. So then it was kind of like, okay, maybe there's something to go off of here. So then we did a seed starting one in January. And then I joined like six or seven groups and got approval from their admins that like, yeah, this is something that's free. That's going to help our gardeners. Like by all means, you're welcome to post it. And So that's just been another, you know, kind of like avenue and angle to get in front of more individuals so that they can be feeling more comfortable and more confident in their gardens. That's awesome. and, yeah. And then tapping into the kind of the, that that restorative side even quicker.
1: Have you ever done them at the exact same time, like a watch party or I don't know what the other options are actually on Facebook, but you could do it alongside the Zoom?
0: Yeah, no, I've, uh, what I've done is I've done everything through Zoom. So, you know, I post in these Facebook groups, like, hey, we're going to do a happy hour you know, next week on how to prep your soil for the upcoming season or how to plan your garden for the upcoming season. And then everybody has to RSVP um, so that they can then Um, attend the session and then like like zoom caps the number of individuals so i need to keep some organization or management to it so that a ton of people want to attend but then you know it's capped at like say 100 or 500 individuals and then people aren't Uh able to get in which is what i would not want
1: you did mention this amazing microbe that has has been researched a little bit and it sounds like it's very promising for mental health particularly for depression Um, what have you learned about that
0: yeah. So there's been a whole bunch of, you know, kind of just like researches and studies on Mycobacterium vaccae* and the role that it plays in, you know, basically working as an antidepressant. And so this is a bacteria that is found in, you know, good, rich, organic soil that upon being exposed to it, the individuals who have been in some of these studies have Uh, been showing and displaying increased levels of serotonin production, which is kind of like your, you know, your, your happy feeling, Um, the same thing that you would feel after going for a run. And so it's really fascinating and cool, right? Because we, we, we've all had that experience, right? Where like you, you go in and you get your hands dirty for, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, and you come out of that gardening session. you're like, gosh, I feel really good. And and there there is another element that I'd love to share with you called attention restoration theory that I think is also playing a huge role there. But it's Mm. cool that, you know, from a scientific perspective, there is actually a bacteria in that soil that is linked to increasing the serotonin production within the individual gardener. And so they're doing like more and more studies on this bacteria to see if it could actually be used as a natural antidepressant. And it's also being studied and, and explored when it comes to different cancer treatments, Crohn's disease, um, and a couple other cases in there as well. So it so you know, cool. it's one of those things. Yeah, it feels like, you know, I, I don't want to say that this is, you know, the, the, the cure to, you know, A, B, or C, but it's just really fascinating and interesting that it is already being connected in some of these studies. And then, you know, by virtue of that being researched in a more clinical manner to see how this could actually get integrated in different treatment plants.
1: Wow. Yeah. It's very promising. I mean, and unlimited the soil and, you know, I'm not sure which direction we're going to end up going. If we're going to be just creating what we want in a lab, or if maybe there's a natural way to get the microbes from soil into people's bodies, if it's going to be, you know, proven to be, something that could be used in like a supplement or if, oh wow, it's just so cool and exciting to think of the opportunities there. And, you know, maybe even people will be adding probiotics and calling it a probiotic into their garden. They're already doing that, but maybe it's going to be attuned to our needs as gardeners. Yeah. Just as much as to the plants.
0: Which path do you think it's going to go down?
1: Uh, I think both. I think that there are a lot of people who they just believe in, a natural way they believe in nature they believe that it's self-balancing and they believe that we're a part of that uh but then there's also our economy which is you know built around growth and expansion so i'm guessing that the way that technology is moving right now and understanding genes and entire companies that are producing basically natural versions of all the chemicals and things that are so dangerous which i'm not sure that that's very different but Mm -hmm um there's a lot of money behind it so it's probably going to happen
0: yeah totally yeah it's uh, and i definitely agree with you where i think it is going to end up going down both paths which is like super exciting on one hand and then like super frightening on another hand um exactly. and i think it you know, it, it just kind of comes back to like the, the, the good old quote that like with great power comes great responsibility you know where mm-hmm. um yeah you you hope that things are are done in a in a in a good way
1: The problem that I—the biggest problem I see is there are certain people who they really do think that humans can know everything, and I think that we can figure out many things, but if you look back at much of the science of the past, much of it was wrong. So, (coughs) you know, they they make a lot of assumptions, and there's a lot of blowback sometimes, so they might—I mean— antibiotic resistance that comes up sometimes as a subject, that's a good example of, you know, it seems so great when you first get it, but it could have major consequences. And then the whole paradigm has to be adapted to that. So uh, there's a lot of support for going natural.
0: There's a lot that we know, and there's so much more that we don't know. And we think about from like a soil perspective, we're really just at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to really understanding what's going on at the biological level and like you know if you take you know a handful or two of good rich soil you're looking at you know like more microorganisms in those few handfuls than uh, humans that have ever walked the earth. So to then think about how much soil there is on the world or like what happens when you then zoom out from looking at just two handfuls to looking at an entire field or a plot or uh, a homestead or anything along or even a farm. It's like, you're now like zooming out from looking at, you know, just Earth to now looking at like the universe. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, there's definitely a lot still to be figured out in there. And that's where, you know, for, for myself, I'm a huge believer, uh, or I guess what, you know, helps me feel less anxious and overwhelmed when it comes to stepping into areas that are unknown is like hey I know A B and C right now and I don't know anything about X Y and Z but I am going to like based off of the things that I do know in A B and C my hypothesis is you know whatever and then get to work on actually figuring out if that is the case if that is true and either way whether it is proven true or not true that provides a really great data point to then iterate off of and continue to drive further down that path of you know, kind of increasing overall knowledge as to like, what's going on.
1: Mhm. Well, and so what have you found to be true and what you're what you've been working on
0: right now? I'm in the garage packaging up bags of soil until 1230, one in the morning to get this into the hands of people. And the hypothesis that I've had, you know, at this point in time is that to connect individuals to those mental health benefits of gardening, that learning curve needs to be flat, needs to be shortened. And so You know, I've designed all of my efforts around getting individuals the knowledge and the products that they need to be successful and to be tapping into those mental health benefits more quickly than if they were to go about that without mind and soil existing. And I, you know, finished all that packaging at like one in the morning and I flipped open my phone to the mind and soil Instagram account and saw that we were tagged in a post from a lady who has been using our products and the method that we taught. And it's just like a selfie of her with a whole bunch of her very first plants now, or like, you know, seeds now becoming seedlings and sprouting through the surface. And you could just see the smile on her face. And it's like, that's it.
1: That's so great.
0: That's the joy of gardening right there. And so from that perspective, you know, do I have like a you know definitive research study that shows that this is the case? No, but do I see how many posts that we're, you know, getting tagged in right now and the comments that are coming through from people about just how good this is feeling for them? hundred percent. And, you know, th- those are some of the, you know, points that I would need to then forge further down the path. When it comes to building a a business and, you know, similar to everything that you're creating, you might know A, B, and C, you know, in my instance, I may know like definitively A, B, and C, but there's a, there's so much that's unknown when you're starting and birthing and bringing into existence a business or an entity of consciousness. It would be a worse use of time to try and figure out a few of those variables and a better use of time to just like kind of balance that out with tapping into your intuition of like, I just believe that this is what's going to work and so rather than figuring it all out I'm just going to start forging down the path and I'll find out you know pretty quickly that that intuitive feeling that I had was right or nope that intuitive feeling was a little bit off the mark okay take that into consideration adjust accordingly and then continue down the next path that is being kind of like deemed as the the best path based off of what's Where known and what's intuitive. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and I know that you work a lot with worm casting. Is that one of the things that you came to by that, uh, you know, slight pivot process, or is that something that you had your heart and soul in from the first day?
0: Yeah. So I think this really comes into like the, just like the more sustainable and natural approach that is just kind of in alignment with my values as a being. Ultimately, if we can bring products to customers that perform as well or better than anything synthetic on the market and can be created with as little of an impact as possible to ultimately the extent of actually decreasing the impact on the environment by using the waste cycle then that's really cool if you can take what was previously going to be something that was going to a landfill and ultimately you know be causing harm to the planet and turn that into a valuable and useful resource then you know it doesn't get any bit any better than that, and so worm castings was where my yeah like it was another like big milestone on my gardening journey because I was over in Australia in 2016. I was working out that way, and they don't have any composting over there. I hated the fact that stuff that I would be cooking up and using in the kitchen would then be going into like just my my trash bin, off to the landfill, and then trapped in there, not decomposing but just adding to the, you know, to the mass. I'm surprised and to so, hear that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, so, so was I when I, when I got out there.
1: It seems like they have a strong permaculture movement over there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I found it to be like a really interesting country where like it's very progressive in a lot of ways and then like super behind the times in in other ways. So I took it upon myself to start researching like how on earth do I compost at home in a small you know, kind of like 600 square foot apartment and everything kind of kept on coming back to worm castings um or like to a worm farm and so I was like, "Well, huh? this sounds crazy and funny and interesting and cool. So I went to, you know, kind of like the you know hardware store, got myself a worm farm, got myself a thousand worms, and then was off to the races. And I just became like completely fascinated by it, where I was like, this is the coolest thing ever, that I can take a tomato from the, you know, plant in the, or the vine in the backyard. I can use 90% of it in a meal. And then that top 10% of it, I can pop that now into, you know, just like a little compost container that I blend up at the end of the week and then feed to my worms. And the byproduct of that ends up being the best natural and organic fertilizer that exists and is known. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, I just had like this really cool moment of fascination back in 2016. And then last year, as the world was going into lockdown and everybody's spending time at home, I started posting on instagram these little things called soil saturday where i would just post you know some kind of like off the cuff story of what i was working on in the garden and i started adding worm castings to a whole bunch of the seedlings that i was starting and i did like i basically posted a bunch of a b test results And they were growing like two to three times larger than those that did not receive worm castings. It was at that point that people started reaching out to me when they were like, oh, hey, how do I get my hands on some worm castings? Can I buy some from you, et cetera? And it was at that point that I was also like, I was trying to drive my life increasingly towards the mental health space and sphere. And I was thinking a lot about the Japanese concept icky guy which is essentially like a venn diagram where there's four Mm -hmm. circles that overlap and that you know one of those circles is what is it that you love another one is what does the world needs the third one is what can you be paid for and the fourth one is what are you good at and that's where like it became so clear to me that i want to bring the mental health benefits of gardening to individuals through education like what i was doing on soil saturday and with a business model of products that the gardener would need to be using in their garden. Um, So your
1: products, uh, are you doing hand-turned compost piles as well, or are you focused on only worms?
0: So right now, like the first soil that we have put out is a worm-casting seedling mix, and for that, I have four different inputs that are all Omri organic listed. So I get the you know, like those in like, you know, large, large quantities and then mix them up into individual size bags that people would buy. So this weekend, yeah, this weekend, I think that, you know, I'll I'll drive down to my pickup point in Vancouver with probably about like 60 to 70 bags of seedling mix. Everybody will come and grab that. Um, and then they'll head back to, you know, their place to put it to use. And, you know, on on the flip side of that, like that's the tangible product side. So I I can ship the soil all across Canada right now. I can't ship it into the U S just yet, but that's, yeah, you know, certainly uh, a thought that goes through my mind very frequently. And I've got no doubt that we'll be in the US, um, you know, at at some point over the coming years here. And yeah, you know, for those individuals that are, you know, happy to pay for the shipping fee to get it out to them, then by all means, we're like, we we ship stuff out to Toronto, over to Alberta, and all throughout BC as well.
1: That's awesome. So they're bioactive when you ship them, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have them in a permeable bag. So they would be able to breathe in there. So cool. Which is also why I'm like, I don't think I should be shipping this across the border just yet.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think it's allowed. Like, I think there's so many weird rules that, particularly with soil, but maybe it, maybe I don't know all of them. So I'm sure you'll figure out a way to do it. Is there anything else you wanted to cover?
0: The, so the, the only other area that I'd love to, you know, just kind of like share is around attention restoration theory. And so this is why gardening could be so incredibly impactful over the years to come. Because, you know, when we think about that study that was done by the Royal Horticultural Society, where they found that only 24% of the population had healthy cortisol levels or in other words, 76% of the population is like stressed out to an unhealthy degree. It like, it begs the question, like what's going on in there? And so there's been a lot of research that was done by Kaplan and Kaplan on the states of attention that we are in as individuals. And basically like what happens is that a lot of the time we're using directed attention, right? When we're going through the week, and we're working, and we're problem solving, it's like directed attention, directed attention, directed attention. And at a certain point, we begin to feel that thing, exhaustion, we're tired, you know, we we don't have like that same like energy to go at the latest problem or obstacle or challenge to figure out. We're, We're kind of starting to run on empty a little bit. And when our directed attention gets to like that, you know, kind of like in the empty zone, that's when we end up being more stressed we end up being more irritable you know we are probably feeling a little bit more overwhelmed anxious things just rattle us a little bit quicker and a little bit easier and so to fill that tank back up you need to switch into attention restoration but what i think is happening at the moment is that we wrap up working and then we flip on our phone or we flip on you know netflix and Some level of restoration occurs, but not to like the 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 greatest degree that it could be, or or as quickly as it could be happening. And so there's all this research that has been coming out around attention restoration theory and why and how it's so useful for kind of refilling the gas tank of our directed attention. And there's four characteristics that are super, super. Uh, essentially like needed in order to feel restored. And so the first one that I alluded to on the happy hour is that you have to be away from where you're working, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're like, you know, kind of like working from home right now, and then you, you know, just kind of switch screens from your email over to Netflix, a lot of your brain is still feeling like it is in work mode. So you're not, you know, a hundred percent switching into attention restoration, but if you're outside and you're into the garden it's like, okay, you're in a whole new environment. You feel a way you almost feel like you've gone on a little vacation.
1: There's so much more coming in so much more information from you know oh. your sense of smell and what you see.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Like one of my favorite things to do to just slow down is to walk outside. It can be in an urban environment or like a natural environment and just try to listen to how many different unique sounds I can hear because the first five seconds, you're like, oh, I hear like that bird or I hear that card going by. But then as you get in 20 seconds in, 30 seconds in all of these little micro sounds you begin to start picking up. And it's like, wow, there's so much going on around me. And I just find like it slows time down so, so, so much. So then the second piece of attention restoration is like fascination. And this is where when you take, you know, say gardening as an example and you're starting your seeds. And you're thinking about like, okay, you're telling me that this little tomato seed that is just a few millimeters in size is going to grow into this massive plant and ultimately have hundreds of these exact same fruits um or like a, a fruits that are gonna have this exact same seed inside it. What is happening there? How is that happening? That's crazy, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, the concept of like just awakening that in someone's mind is so awesome.
0: Yeah. And and so what happens when an individual is fascinated like that? Well, When you get fascinated, you're not multitasking. You're not thinking about two things at at once. You're fully in that thing that is fascinating you. And that's where, okay, like now, like the stresses of our directed attention time are melting away onto the back burner that's recharging. And we are fully fascinated and immersed, which is the third area in the task at hand. And so that's where, you know, it could be. For somebody else, it could be hiking, but same thing. You're away, you're fascinated by the fact that you're now like thousands of feet up and you're fully immersed in nature. The fourth and final piece is just like a level of compatibility. And so that's where it's like, you know, gardening isn't going to be the right medium or vehicle for restoring energy for everybody. For those that, you know, it is the right one, they're going to feel it and they're going to know. And for those that it's not the right one, where that fascination didn't occur, that immersion just didn't quite resonate, That's totally okay. There's going to be a different avenue, a different channel for those folks as well. But by having those four key pillars in play, your attention is getting restored. You come out of, you know, an hour of gardening and it feels like it's been six hours. And you can feel all of a sudden you're happier, you're lighter, you're not as stressed, you have better kind of like conversations, interactions with individuals, you're not as kind of irritable in and amongst those. And the reason why all that is occurring is because that directed intention is no longer sitting on empty. That tank has been refilled.
1: That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I always kind of look at it like a battery. I definitely have that sense too. And when I look at my life and I go through a period of stagnation, I think everybody does, then I feel like I'm on empty, like you said. And then the only way for me to get it back is to become so curious about something that I'm obsessive about it. So it's like turning a negative obsession into something super positive. And it just, all the things you just said, it makes perfect sense. Totally, The psychology is fascinating. I think a lot of people don't want to think about psychology at all and they don't have to, and it gives them a way to experience it.
0: Totally. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're coming back to that picture that the individual posted that I saw on our Instagram account at like one in the morning when I had finished packaging, And she has the biggest smile on her face. You can see the joy that she is getting from gardening. You know, her her and I, we've never talked about like attention restoration theory or mycobacterium vaccine, but you know that she is experiencing those things that are happening at that more clinical and scientific level. And so they don't necessarily need to know the science of what's going on. The magic happens purely by getting into the garden and getting immersed into it. And that's where I keep on coming back to the role that mine and soil that, you know, we need to be playing is making it as easy as possible for people to feel comfortable and confident in starting gardening.
1: Thanks for listening. You can find out more about mine and soil online and on Instagram, mindandsoil.com or at mineandsoil. Next up, the final episode of the long and interesting discussion I had with microbiologist Judy Fitzpatrick. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen from and leave a positive review if you'd like to support the show. The best place to do this is still on iTunes. Send me an email, erin at getinmygarden.com to reach me directly with ideas for shows or with feedback and questions. The website will also be updated soon to include my full blog to accompany the episodes. Until next time.